Hello and welcome to Pediapod for June 2021. This month, we're looking at the protective effects of CPAP against hyperoxia-induced airway reactivity in a mouse model. Respiratory support plays a crucial role in the care of preterm infants in the NICU, ensuring that they get enough oxygen during this critical period of their development. But it's becoming increasingly clear that former preterm infants who've been exposed to ventilatory support are more likely to go on to develop asthma and other respiratory disorders. In this episode, I speak to Peter McFarlane, an associate professor in the Department of Pediatrics at Rainbow Babies and Children's Hospital in Cleveland, Ohio. He and his team have developed a mouse model to study the effects of CPAP in combination with supplemental oxygen on lung function. Here's Peter. One of the biggest challenges for preterm infants is their lungs are really not developed sufficiently, so they're not able to extract the oxygen that they need and expel the CO2 that they produce. And so with having a really immature lung, they often need various forms of respiratory support. That can come in different flavours. Quite commonly, it's supplemental oxygen and some form of positive pressure support as well. A really severe, extremely preterm infant might require intubation and mechanical ventilation. Right, but over the past decade or so, then, there's been a shift from those more invasive methods of intubation and whatnot to non-invasive ventilatory techniques. Yeah, that's right. And I think one of the concerns that is sort of associated with the clinical care of preterm infants, uh, these various forms of respiratory support can have unintended consequences to lung development. So more aggressive forms like higher oxygen levels, sort of mechanical ventilation, Um, those sort of more severe forms of interventions can impose significant adverse effects on lung development. So in the last sort of 10, 20 or so years, there's been a push towards sort of minimising the severity of those interventions to minimise the effects that they have on lung development. Can you elaborate a little bit then on some of those adverse effects that we see with these non-invasive techniques? Yeah, so it basically contributes to the pathophysiology of bronchopulmonary dysplasia or chronic lung disease uh, is another way of describing it. And so severe cases can lead to oxidative stress and inflammation. Supplemental oxygen has sort of long been known to be a major contributor to that sort of pathophysiology. Um, But not a lot has really been known about the effects of uh, continuous positive airway pressure or CPAP, which is the second component of this particular study that we conducted. Delivering CPAP in animal models, especially very young or immature neonatal animal models, has been a major challenge. And so we developed a model of CPAP uh, using this mouse and, you know, tried to mimic the clinical setting of combining both CPAP and supplemental oxygen. Am I right in thinking then that you can kind of ask questions about what CPAP and supplemental oxygen do individually and in combination? Yeah, that's right. You know, as scientists, we, we try to tease apart the individual components of a particular disease state or therapy, even in this case. But, you know, very rarely do we think to combine the individual components. And that's important in this setting, too, because a lot of preterm infants really require some combination of both oxygen and CPAP. So um, we were really trying to mimic the clinical setting that a lot of these preterm infants are experiencing. And then your, your, your kind of end goal with the, your animal experiment was to look at the function and the morphology then of their lung tissue. Right. And that was especially the case in particular with the effects that these treatments would have on airway function. And, and that's really sort of the nuts and bolts of this particular model is we were trying to evaluate the effects that these treatments have 
on the airways. A lot of these preterm infants who have been sort of predisposed to bronchopulmonary dysplasia um, go on to develop wheezing disorders later in life. What effect then did the CPAP on its own have compared to the control mice? Yeah, one of the surprising results I think that we revealed was that CPAP alone is sufficient to cause an increase in airway reactivity. And this mimics the wheezing disorders of preterm infants or former preterm infants is really what I should say. And that was surprising in part because a lot of the wheezing disorders in former preterm infants has really been attributed to not just being born with an immature lung, but also as a consequence of being exposed to the supplemental oxygen. So for decades, really, the oxygen has always received the finger of blame for contributing to the long-term airway hyperreactivity associated with wheezing disorders in preterm infants. So for us to reveal that CPAP can have a similar effect on the airways was really quite a surprising finding. And what did that actually look like in terms of the morphology of the cells? So similar to oxygen, they're different uh, insults or different challenges, but they kind of contribute to changes in lung morphology or airway morphology in a similar sort of a way, I guess. And that relates to the changes in smooth muscle expression around the airways. So the idea is is that if you have a more reactive airway, it it can at least in part be explained by increased uh, smooth muscle mass. Why is that? Well, uh, think about it as, as though you, you've gone to the gym, you know, bigger weights, more muscle, um, more contractility. So both oxygen and CPAP contribute to smooth muscle expression or smooth muscle proliferation, leading to more mass around the airways and they become more contractile. I suppose the key result was that in combination, that supplemental oxygen with the CPAP didn't lead to any of those adverse effects. That was one of the more surprising effects, I think. You know, you could argue that if oxygen alone could cause an increase in smooth muscle leading to an increase in airway reactivity and CPAP alone could also have a similar effect that when you combine them yeah double trouble right one plus one should equal two right (laughs) yeah have you got any kind of hypotheses as to why they almost cancelled each other out it's a challenging one to be honest we hesitated a lot to make too bold of a statement I'll take the easy way out and And, uh, and I'll, let's just say that, you know, they are different challenges. They're different insults to the lung. You know, you have mechanical forces imposed by CPAP and you have an oxygen toxicity uh, insult from the oxygen. So even though the phenotype of airway reactivity and smooth muscle expression is similar between those two different types of insults, they impose a different effect on the lung. And so it is possible that, say, for example, if I was to make a bold statement, I could kind of maybe say that, you know, stretch sort of removes some of the oxygen toxicity effects um, through sort of proliferation and maybe improving lung development. It's really, it's, it's just a little too early to say at this point, I think. It sounds like your next experiment should be some sort of in vitro cell culture, lung muscle cells and stretch them and oxygen on them and i think you've been reading our grant applications i think because we (laughs) we we, our collaborators on this manuscript actually at the mayo clinic do have human fetal smooth muscle cells where they are exposing them to both oxygen and mechanical stretch Uh, so in that sense um, we are taking sort of the animal model in vivo and applying it to specifically human related tissue and in fact in, in this sense the the smooth muscle is completely relevant Well, hopefully you'll come back to uh, paediatric research with that. (laughs) 
But what's your next step? Do you stick with animals or are these results in any way translational, do you think? Yeah, very much. They're translatable. I'm very fortunate to work with some very intelligent physician scientists who help us with the translational aspect, taking the animal results to the clinical setting to try to make it translatable to the infants. So some of the next steps that we're looking at is especially focused on the effects of CPAP as a mechanical forces that it has on the lung and looking at the effects that it has on lung development uh, and airway development in the context of um, mechanical stretch. So the ultimate goal, I think, would be to either come up with sort of alternative treatments that don't have unintended side effects or minimise the effects that these treatments have by, for example, titrating the severity of the different um, methods of respiratory support um, or, or even just come up with a combination therapy where it, these are necessary modes of respiratory support for these preterm infants, at, at least currently. Um, and so the idea would be to come up with alternative or combinational uh, therapies that could be administered to these infants to minimise the adverse effects while maximising the benefits. Um, so a lot of preterm infants, for example, are receiving caffeine therapy as another sort of form of support to minimise respiratory distress. Caffeine sort of an interesting story, which is also an, another piece of the puzzle that we uh, focused on. It can have benefits both from an anti-inflammatory perspective, but it also has other benefits too. It promotes respiratory drive, so it can minimise the severity of apnea of prematurity that these infants have. And that's just one sort of combinatorial method of treatment for these preterm infants. But again, the ultimate goal would really be to either come up with some alternative methods of respiratory support or titrate the severity of the ones that they're receiving right now uh, to minimise the adverse effects and maximise the benefits. Maybe even further down the road, we can come up with some sort of therapy that we could use to uh, reverse the effects that these treatments have had on airway function later in life. So if you're in your teens, for example, and you're starting to wheeze because you'd received oxygen or CPAP in your NICU setting, it might not be too late. We might be able to come up with some sort of treatment to reverse the effects of treatment that you'd had previously. That was Peter McFarlane from Rainbow Babies and Children's Hospital in Cleveland, Ohio. And that's it for this episode. Please join me again next month for another edition of Pediapod. I'm Jeff Marsh, and thank you for listening. <laughs>